At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber. Uh, they always tell me over there. That's Jim Cramer. Carl's not here. He's got the morning off. Uh, Well-deserved. Let's give you a look at futures as we get started with trading. One half an hour from now. Things obviously changed dramatically when we heard from the ECB. That seemed to be the turning point, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Making sure. No, no, you nailed that one nine ways to Sunday. (laughs) 50 basis points uh, in terms of an increase in price. It's going to be a heck of a show here. We're really just getting going, aren't we? Well, I think the fact that Teladoc's down big because of the acquisition of Amazon. I want to talk about that. Will you give me that around the bell? I will. I'm going to start with our roadmap, though, as well, because that starts with Tesla. That analyst just now is agreeing with you on Squawk Box. I love that. It did notch its biggest uh, drop in operating profits since 2019. Obviously, higher costs, supply chain disruptions. And what CEO Elon Musk calls embarrassing pricing. What's the increases. greatest call? Now, I want to be sure when I said he's selling the Bitcoin, I shouldn't just say cash flow. I think he wants to have a cash hoard. But that was a brilliant call, and he's a brilliant man. Inflation headwinds in the global economy are also things we will discuss. As I mentioned, the European Central Bank did hike rates. It was the first time it did so in 11 years. Yeah. And Jim has already mentioned as well the fall in Teladoc stock price. We'll talk about why. Amazon's $4 billion healthcare play. It's buying one medical. It's an all-cash deal. It's not large, but the implications perhaps may be larger, although, frankly, we've seen Amazon conceivably move into a lot of things that they don't they've actually been, move they've into. They've been bad into health, and they had two, they had they two really directors have. of health at one point, and they were fighting with each other, and I'm glad that's over. Yeah, PBMs, insurers, drug they distributors. They were disagreeing with each other. They no didn't, fighting uh, in the war room. They didn't actually disrupt any of it. But let's get to Tesla, uh, because the stock, the stock is up in the pre-market. Uh, this on better-than-expected second-quarter earnings. Revenues did come in light of at least what uh, the analysts who followed the company had been thinking, uh, and profit margins shrunk. This, of course, because of higher costs. They've had a lot of supply chain challenges. Here's what Tesla CEO Elon Musk said about pricing on last night's earnings call. We raised their prices quite a few times. They're frankly, at embarrassing levels. But uh, we've also had a lot of supply chain and production shocks, and we've got crazy inflation. So uh, I'm hopeful this is not a promise or anything, but I'm hopeful that that at some point we can reduce the prices a little bit. It's interesting, Jim, that he's talking about reducing prices at some point. But your point, I think, is who did that? What about who 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 reduced prices? prices? I don't know. Henry Ford. Henry Ford. Well, Maybe because it became more efficient in making automobiles. Well, we just wanted to wait. You know, he just said, listen, the working person should have a car. Right. But I thought this was a tour de force conference call. You did. Yes, because uh, he talked about what's driving costs up. But the fact is, is that Austin's ready to ramp. Berlin's amazing. Remember, he's making cars in the capital of BMW. Well, actually, well, that's not where it is. But, you know, sure. Right. But he's I, making I, them look, in Germany. He was fun. He had lots of good answers, but the main thing that I came through with this is that there is such a level of, of demand that, once again, he, he is unassailable. 
unassailable call, even with all these problems. And by the way, supply chain problems lessening. I thought that was good. That was something that Larry Fink said last night, the largest asset manager. And this was not a fresh call other than when he kind of told Tony Saganegi, like, what the heck are you talking about when Tony asked about demand? But I just, I like this call. And I, look, I always like Elon Musk, but the only thing, the black mark with David was the weirdo crypto thing. Yes, yes. People have turned on crypto. Hey, by the way, someone told me, well, you know why? Sold a lot of okay he they sold, sold a lot of Bitcoin, yeah. actually, because they need the cash. But, but how about this? I heard someone say this morning, you know, the crypto universe is okay because he was able to sell crypto. Well, that's great. The banking system is sound because you can take money out of your bank. I mean, what what are they talking? The crypto the crypto maniacs, they they've reached new levels of of what I regard as being uh, Manchurian the Manchurian crypto. Really? Yes. Manchurian. The Manchurian crypto. crypto. I see. They just there's it's the finest, most wonderful coin. In the, I I'm I'm souring. Because the idea that, a, that an edifice is not destroyed by must-sell is not an edifice that I want to be in. Uh, Bitcoin is down, perhaps in it part could be on a the castle of disclosure sand. of the significant sales of uh, Tesla. He did bring up, uh, he did at least raise the idea that they could increase their holdings in the future. Yeah, they could go back to buying uh, some Bitcoin. Um, back to the Tesla quarter itself, though, and to the, the key variable, demand. There's no sense that demand has waned, correct? Just the opposite. Um, Even with these higher prices, even with the prospect of a slowdown in economic activity and or a consumer that may be under some more strain. And we know that the lithium market is somehow cornered. I think that the Mexican Mexican government has cornered lithium. In in the same way, the Mexican government... The lithium market is somehow cornered. Well, the price of making it... For the second time, he alludes to the fact... That they're making the, the companies who make the refined lithium are making way too much money, and if anyone's listening who knows how to make lithium cheaper, they should go do right. it. Right. I once now, again like to urge entrepreneurs to enter lithium refining. Isn't that great? Refining is harder than the mining. But isn't that great that he does that? So now you know. I mean, Larry Fink was talking about this movie last night uh, from BlackRock. The idea of funding people who are doing just that is so brilliant. Well, they need a lot of lithium for those batteries. Yeah, I know. And, um, I mean, and by Plus the way, when everybody else, exactly, it's not just if Ford's building its batteries. Five years ago, in China. it was just Tesla sort of out there alone. Now it's yeah. so many different tell you companies. You saw the numbers in Europe, I'm sure, in terms of recent sales of yeah. uh, electric vehicles versus overall approaching what 20 percent of our because that country, that continent. Is in disarray, though. I mean, when Draghi gets the boot, oh, come on, Draghi. All right, you want, all right, you're well, changing Draghi the subject to a, to a political one from what I was just making the point that they're selling an awful I am lot of electric vehicles. I'm a non-linear thinker. You knew that when you became my partner. I did, and I, I embrace it, and I love it, and our viewers put up with it. Oh, thank you. But sometimes. Okay, I mean, no, but no, I think that the two things that were incredible about Europe is one in that, and then the collapse of Electrolux which is the second largest appliance company before they had a supply problem. Now they have a demand problem. So, you know, you get into the situation. This is what I call what happens is double order. There is now in the channel a right. lot of Electrolux product. I fear that can happen. With no, that's Whirlpool. a good point. And by double the way, we order. should talk a bit about Europe as well, because obviously it well, did raise rates 50 basis points. But he raises it at the same time um, that there's obviously supply. You know where they, the but, 50 basis points got them to, right? Got them to zero. zero. I know. Well, they're my, 
Look, I, I just think that with the fact Inflation, that they raised the way, there could is, make it so that the euro at least isn't going to. Yeah, look, but look, we should this, take a look at the euro and the dollar. Obviously, the dollar strength has been something we have talked a bit about. So the, you had that window to book. Contributing to in terms of that window to book. negative impact on on the balance sheets or on the sales right. of um, numbers of some international companies based well, here we in the need U.S. The, I mean, the, the biggest negative on, the, on a lot of the drug companies, people felt that it was soft. I don't want to. I'm sticking with the dollar. I'm not going. Virginia Woolf on you. Thank you. Or Faulkner, who, you know, with, right? I yes. mean. Or Joyce. Yeah. The Sound and the Fury had no periods even. He just no. like wrote the whole thing in one sentence. But I think, I look at the, that a lot of the companies that are international have really been clubbed here. IBM is very international. Have you seen the decline in that stock? Yes. Yes. It, uh, after earnings, it got hit very hard yes. IBM. And Although, I think a again, lot of that is the dollar. Out, because it's one of it the was, better, been one of the better performers this year, being that it's actually. Right. But there's people um, want tech, David. It's back. I see a lot of. I've got whole. I have fang defenses right here. Every, I mean, all the analysts yeah, coming out and defending. just saying, listen, it's don't worry, Amazon. Right. Time to buy the last cut. The la- you know last cut is deepest. I mean, what is this stuff? Alphabet still a port in a storm. I mean, what is, now we got this uh, sailor uh, thing. Snap. Better stories to tell. I'm sorry, I'm not buying that at all. And then Meta Preview could be better than feared. I want to get to all of that. But, but no, but these are significant because people still want tech. That's the driver they want of to believe. this believe. They still want they to want believe. To believe. Oh, wow, you're good. They want to believe. Well, does Tesla get lumped in there in a weird way into tech no, in some way? Tesla and therefore is help crypto. I mean, Tesla is just an animal into itself. It's a Kathy Wood. Ooh, she's had a couple of bad days. Um it is no. That's a that's a young person's, uh, let's just say, uh, love affair. Right. Uh, and David, I want to point out another Please. thing that Larry Fink told me. Yeah. He said, "Look, pe- young people are going to do crypto, or they're going to do these things. But if they invested long term, and you can vote your position, your attitude. For instance, let's say you wanted climate risk. Only twenty five percent of the people are doing this. That you're worried about climate change." You just say you check a box, and they will vote against things that are uh, you know, that, that are spoil not, the climate. Right. I just think that young people have to start seriously thinking about not just Tesla, about not just GameStop, about not just AMC, but about investing long term in funds where they can actually vote their view. That's what people should be doing. Well, that's a new effort, right? That's an effort that BlackRock has undertaken. So I need them to diversify away from Tesla. through vote, so to speak, from the funds. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, by the way, I think that Ford is cheaper than Tesla. And I think that we have to stop the the obsession with Netflix because I think that Disney's much cheaper. Right. So all these things are playing out in a way that make me think that there is a rationality developing in the market. Some of the cheaper stocks are starting to go up, David. Qualcomm. 11 times earnings. Look at the breakout in that in that semiconductor company. And the rationality happening in the cruise lines. Now, suddenly, they're doing well, an offering. The stock yeah, in Carnival, Carnival doing was that at 20 in April, and now they're doing an offering. A billion dollars. So I say you go with the good balance sheets, good growers, and if the dollar does get even a hair stronger, you have multinational companies that would be terrific. I'm Look at Carnival, by the way, Coca-Cola. Jim. It is getting hit on news of that uh, of that offering. Uh, we've talked about how they've expanded their balance sheets as well on the debt side. Right, right. Uh, through the pandemic, obviously. The airlines as well. That, no, that had a mixed performance. United uh, some, was some of them, we can take a look. The airlines seeing a bit of uh, pressure this morning in the pre-market Turbulence. as well. United, by the way, I think 
Uh, it was a miss in terms Clear. of quarterly results, warned about the impact of but, higher fuel but, costs there. But remember, uh, people and, reacting to the fact and that... And an economic slowdown. But, but they're reacting to the fact that they haven't been on a United plane that wasn't completely filled. Right. And uh, I, I think that these are all down. I thought America was not that bad, but these... The travel and leisure names, a lot of people feel they have peaked, David. Yeah. Now, American Express is about to report. Let's, you know what? We have this, I think. We, uh, Squawk Box, I believe, did speak to American's uh, CEO. Yeah, Phil had an, uh, at 730 Robert a good interview. Uh, and uh, American, by the way, its earnings and revenues were essentially in line. But you just saw the airlines are going to be lower this morning. Take a listen to what he had to say. We had a solid Memorial Day, 4th of July, you know, kick back where we want to. We're running a decent operation right now in July. And as we take a look going forward, the adjustments we've made to our schedule, I know are going to give confidence not only to our team members, but also to our customers as well. So he's still somewhat optimistic. I, I don't blame him at all, but I do think, I mean, there was a little note today about Jack in the Box. David, that's a restaurant chain. Yes, thank you. And uh, talking about how going out peaked in the month of March, meaning that we've the gloom set in beginning in April. Now, I, that could make sense in, the, in, in that you might have booked your airline tickets early and maybe that's not going to tail off uh, or cruise ship. But, but we've seen no diminution of traffic at Disney or Universal. Well, it's an interesting, it's a very nuanced picture of the consumer right now, I think. Yes. I mean, you know, you had John uh, Stanky earlier on Squawk Box as well talking about, um, and I spoke to uh, the CFO of AT&T on the phone also, I mean, uh, you know, not black and white is what he said. Delinquencies are ticking up at AT&T from pre-pandemic they, levels. They take your phone. A um, couple well, of days longer to collect on receivables. You know, you do wonder, but maybe it's sort of at the lower end, there's more pressure. But at the same time, as you point out, we're still seeing but, some strength from Right, the and then you have, I mean, uh, Senator Warren, the pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical CEOs have raked in over $292 million during the pandemic, overseeing skyrocketing company profits. Well, it, they solved the pandemic. Uh, so I'm not as angry at them as Senator Warren. But once again, capitalism under attack many different places. At a time when this, the country's gotten a little gloomier, jobless claim, job claims, remember the, the jobless claims have spiked for the last three weeks. Uh, housing cancellations are way up. I don't like a lot of these things, but I do like what I see from the actual companies that we've all given up on, the five and six times earnings companies. All right. Uh, we mentioned that Amazon deal. We're going to get back to that as well, of course, with uh, that new uh, acquisition they announced this morning. Give you a look at futures here. We've got 16 minutes before we get started with trading on this Thursday. Straight from the New York Stock Exchange, we are right back. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com meeting demand. Amazon is 
Well, ramping up its push into healthcare, it announced this morning that it has agreed to acquire one medical, uh, 18 bucks a share, all cash. And you can see, of course, that is having a very uh, positive impact on, uh, on shares of uh, one medical, uh, up over 66%, but still trading below. Listen, you never know with Amazon when it comes to antitrust and how they're going to be viewed, even though they have no real presence at all. Uh, so perhaps there's just some caution. I hope uh, all cash deal mo- most likely closes and closes fairly quickly. But more to the point, Jim, and uh, we're going to bring Bertha in in a minute as well for some more perspective on this. You know, they say uh, we think healthcare is high on the list of experiences that need reinvention. And by the way, one medical, they say they're human centered, uh, technology powered U.S. primary care organization. Right. Uh, they combine in-person care in inviting offices. Again, this is their description across the country with digital health and virtual care. Virtual care. Now, it's interesting because a lot of it's in person and Teladoc shares are down. You pointed that out in response to this. But Amazon, uh, we thought they were going to disrupt the uh, pharmacy benefit managers. Right, they they did not. We thought they might disrupt the insurers. They They did did not. We thought they might disrupt the drug distributors. They did not. They did not. Pill pack deal, remember that? We sat here and talked about, whoa. I haven't heard a thing. Even oh, Whole Foods. Supermarkets. Even Whole Foods. Yeah, what have they done? To disrupt that. They've just done it's supermarkets. Amazon Web Services is the engine there. But this is, you know what, David? Is this the beginning of chassis input? Chassis Maybe. direction? Maybe. Because I would tell you that I think there are a lot. Of, this is a company that Lisa Gill, J.P. Morgan, top analyst, has championed. And I think that there are many people who feel still that getting a, a doctor's appointment is, yep. a, is a bad experience. Right. Uh, and that I think that Amazon, when people come in, think they could do a better job. Maybe they will uh, help to transform that primary care experience. Bertha, let's, uh, let me throw over to you and see if you have any perspective for us on this, uh, just to help us sort of understand, you know, again, going through the various areas that you know well, where we thought Amazon might try to disrupt things, well, and they really the haven't things, yet when it comes to healthcare. Yeah, one I'm of sorry. the things when it comes to healthcare is that they were using all of the parts separately. Last December, they named Neil Lindsay, who had helped build up Amazon Prime, to head up Amazon Healthcare. So they could perhaps now, you could envision them trying to bring it all together because they've tried to market Amazon Care, their virtual service, which they use for their own employees, haven't really gotten traction. PillPack, they just haven't really found traction with that either. And I remember talking with some Amazon Healthcare executives saying, well, why aren't you bundling those together? Now, when you put in the in-person care in buying One Medical, which had been shopping itself around, like so many of these companies, One Medical came public back in 2020, January 2020, just ahead of the pandemic. It did fabulously well. And like a lot of these health tech firms have seen their valuations just crater over the last year and just not really gain enough traction. So this will give Amazon a physical and virtual uh, infrastructure. There have been some reports that uh, CVS had actually approached One Medical as it tries to build out its in-person care at its pharmacies. This is where everyone in healthcare is looking. You want to be able to have both those capabilities. You want a front door somewhere where someone can go and actually see someone in person when they need to, have a reliable primary care relationship with those doctors, not just a an urgent care thing where you go once and you meet a stranger and don't really know who you are and what your history is. So this is and the first indication 
that under Neil Lindsay, maybe Amazon is trying to bring it together. What's interesting to me is that Amazon has partnered with Crossover Health when it comes to uh, clinics. This is another, this is a privately held company, and they have done clinics for Amazon in places like Texas and, uh, and Arizona, where they have large fulfillment centers to try to treat their, their workers and their families as well. So it's interesting that they're actually buying one medical, even as they have partnered and have been a big investor in crossover health. So it shows you that maybe now they're trying to put it all together and move more, more deliberately. Yeah. Uh, Bertha, thank you for that uh, for that perspective. It is interesting. Uh, interesting would note the, the CEO of, of One Medical will remain as CEO of the company. Do you remember Haven? Remember when Buffett and J.P. Morgan oh and Amazon God, and got together and they were going to reinvent healthcare, and then they gave up? Healthcare is something that's outrageously wrong in this country. We all know, and I hope Amazon gives us a real shot. Teladoc, there are many competitors at Teladoc. That was a big Kathy Wood name. Uh, you know, she's she's been terrible. <laughs> okay. Well, right. Start thinking about say. your mad dad. Now CBS is down a lot. Yeah. Walgreens, you know, Walgreens has not made its move yet. Now one of the hidden things that people don't know is pilfering. Is what pilfering? Oh yes. The shrinkage. Shrinkage. These places. Yes. Has it's gotten. enormous. That's why yeah. everything's under lock and key. Right. Your local so CBS. a lot. Of, it's easier yeah. to order from Amazon and have it come to your house than it is to it's get real, someone at one of these drugstores to open it. You know. It's a real. Do you ever try to buy a razor blade? Razor blade. Forget I mean, that. I, 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 I can't. I've told you. I can't buy ice cream. The ice cream sandwiches are behind lock and key. Okay, so here's their strategy. They let you steal one thing. But if you steal more than one thing, they nail you. The fact that this is actually true is shocking. You can steal one item. Now, do you know the margins of these places and how thin they are? Yeah, I know. Look at that. Do you know that there was a diversion in front of me at a Target? Where a guy was demanding, I, I mean, diversion, so that there could be a jailbreak of people stealing things. It's had a mark. It's left a mark. Yeah, I then said to the crook, "I said I'm going to pay for this," and the crook was puzzled. All right, think about your mad dash. That's what we got coming up right here, of course, as we count you down to an opening bell. That's less than seven minutes from now. Let's give you one more look at futures. We've got a lot more squawk on the street for you. Straight ahead. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. All right, let's get to a mad dash. We've got about three and a half minutes uh, before we get an opening bell. I have the privilege of having a chat with, with Tim Cook and Luca Mastry, with a number one CEO and number one CFO in the world, before they announced the quarter. 
And initially I pushed them endlessly to break out services because I said services are going to be the key to get a multiple, not unlike a consumer product, even though the number one When was this chat? I'm sorry. I do it before the conference. You do it every time. Every time. Right, when they report. Yeah. Now, I've become a broken record, and they know that, in the last, say, eight, saying that we need to start figuring out the lifetime value of a subscriber because the, the high quality means that there's no churn. So when, takes, when someone takes a phone, they don't miss. So if you have a billion phones or two billion, whatever, we can figure out the, the stream, particularly with Apple Plus being so good. Well, this morning, Morgan Stanley cribs from me and steals my whole idea. The path to over $3 trillion of market cap is cheaper than a cup of coffee. Talking about the lifetime value of the discounted cash flow. Now, I've said this so many times that perhaps... They've heard me. You've said it so many times because you don't think it's being effectively reflected in the stock price and/or understood by investors. Yes, because when you get this, right. First of all, they have no defaults. You know, you see that you pay. But also, everything Apple does with all their services is only really designed to make you buy another one of these, right? Well, no. I mean, I use Apple Pay constantly. I don't use anything else but Apple Pay. Right. I've just gotten rid of everything but Apple Pay. But I back up my photos. Uh, I watch Apple TV, Apple Plus TV more than I watch Netflix. And I find myself, if you took this away from me versus anything else except for maybe my wife and kids, yeah, um, I think that what you would find is, is that this is it. And the source of news is fantastic, whoever's doing it. Eddie Q, by the way, who may be one of the greatest and funniest guys, has made his mark. I watch every Apple Plus show now. They are so, but what I'm saying is that you can now figure out what an Apple, a, a guy who, a gal, a woman, right, sorry, so, who buys this is worth X. So I assume the Morgan, maybe $508 the per. Morgan Stanley note you were referencing with a $3 trillion market cap idea. Right. By the way, it was right near there before the Right, but swoon. the one thing they didn't do that I did is, is figured out how much that person really is. All right, so how much are they worth? Well, no, I Drum mean, that's roll. what I keep asking. Oh, well, do we have it in there? No, no, I keep asking Tim Cook and Luke May. Well, they won't tell you, but do they estimate what they're no, worth? No, they don't, which is why this is a deeply flawed, not as good. <laughs> in the same way that I think that Ford should have talked about how if they do 600,000 cars, what was Tesla worth when they had 600,000 cars? And Jim Farley did not do that. That would have been more uh, humorous than what he's done. But, David, the Morgan Stanley piece, though, does explain why if Apple has a shortfall, what do you make it. of that move off the lows there on Apple? Look at that. Well, I, I don't like that ahead of the quarter, but there's been a number of reports lately that have been saying that things are better. And uh, uh, so I happen to, I, you know, I say uh, uh, own Apple, don't trade it. Now, David, did you see the UBS Evidence Lab piece uh-uh. no, on advertising? Slower growth ahead. Let's talk about that. But first, let's get in these opening bells here, Jim. Uh, because we are going to, uh, we'll get them in the three, two, one. There we go. There's a real-time exchange back at our headquarters. You know, things change, obviously, when we heard from the ECB. A 50 basis point move up, getting them to zero, essentially. But nonetheless, first time they've raised in 11 years doing the, uh, doing the honors here, a uh, training program connecting young adults with top companies. Uh, over at the NASDAQ, BlackRock celebrating the launch of new model portfolios to well, provide better you know, long-term I, I, Maybe we have some sound from uh, my interview with Larry Fink last night. Uh, 
he is someone who has thought. You know who we do have sounds from? What, what, what? Uh, is John Stanky. And I think, let's start off from that road. Let's work our way to ATT. He was let's a also fantastic talk was he a catcher, Stanky? The consumer, because we were talking about it when it, in regards to uh, the health of demand for Tesla. We were talking about it in a number of different areas. Um, ATT, stock of which is down almost 8%. What can I say? It a number in terms of free cash flow that was less than expected. It reduced its free cash flow estimates for the year um, from what had been $16 billion to $14 billion. It expects to deliver roughly $10 billion in free cash flow in the second half of 2022. The reasons that at least the CFO cited to me uh, when I spoke to him at 745 this morning were working capital issues, Jim. Jeez, working Higher capital? device payments. All right, they've been making a lot of higher... Now, they say that's a high-class problem because, of course, they've been, they've been selling a lot of iPhones. Not a high-class problem. Um, you can't get people to pay on time. And they said uh, things are Probably a couple a of days long to collect mismatch. on receivables. They also said the consumer is... Um, uh, delinquencies are ticking up from pre-pandemic levels. But there is no doubt that the performance in the quarter in terms of sub-ads was quite good. It, over 800,000 subs... But the market is reacting to what you've always said right. is certainly an important point, Look, I, which is how much cash you're generating. Right. I mean, that's what Phil Angelakis, the fabulous CFO. Mike Angelakis. Uh, Mike, I'm sorry, Mike Angelakis. What Mike told me once when I was I, the I CFO of Comcast. He's actually a board member of ExxonMobil. That's true. And ExxonMobil got a nice recommendation. But Mike once told me uh, in a talk that I gave, I summed up what I look at in a company. And he said, I look at free cash flow. <laughs> and I look for profitable growth. And that was it. And that was and it. I, I had just been a gas bag talking about all these things. I love him. Okay. And one thing that ATT failed today is, is, is the cash test. Mike's view of things. And that has to be why the stock is down. Yes. By the way, it had been until today one of the better performers out there. In fact, it had been up as much as 10% when I looked at it yesterday. It is now with this fall back to almost flat for the year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we are now past and how about the spin of... Are we doing a Zazz of, watch, too? Uh, You're going to go Zazz? Warner Brothers Discovery. I'm not going to go to Zazz. You know, AT&T shareholders, certainly some of them still own a good amount of Warner Brothers Discovery. That has not performed well either. But I do want to go to the broader economy. Yes. John Stanky was a guest on Squawk Box this morning. Uh, and here's what he had to say on the consumer. There's clearly some dynamics going on in the economy where we have customers that are stretching out their payments a bit. We expect that they're going to continue to pay their bills, but they're taking longer to do it. That's not atypical in an economic cycle, and we're starting to see maybe the bottom end of the subscriber base uh, making some decisions between, you know, am I paying this bill this month or that bill this month, given some of the pressures they're seeing at home. It's interesting, though. I mean, there is, you know, a, a bit of a slowdown. But again, there's this question of the consumer. And he said the lower end. Right. Um, and because I but, continue to hear that, but not the middle, certainly not the high. And you're seeing companies react very quickly with their decision to cut operating expenses. or not, not capital expenditures. Not capital. But I do think that, Kim, the oddity here is, is that we have more than full employment and people are already stretching their bills. And they're probably therefore doing it for autos too. There's no uh, doubt that inflation is having a significant impact. Yes, not I just here, but around the world. More you saw that eight percent inflation number out of Europe, nine point four percent in the UK. Enterprise doing better it's right worldwide, now. Worldwide, and it's a problem. Well, that's why I want to follow these. Do all the cruise ships have to 
raise capital like ATT, like uh, like Carnival. I mean, there are many cross currents here. But the one thing I'd point out, David, is it's a lot of pe- a lot of companies that have fantastic businesses like Danaher, yeah, which I own my travel trust, just killing it. You have a fabulous business with great growth, of which there are many. It's been a terrific time. It has. Um, another person who was on Squawk Box this morning, yes, we used their interviews because they have some good ones, was uh, John Gray, the president of Blackstone. I thought he told a great story, he but the market does. disagrees with me. My friend John, who breaks my heart every time by going on that show and never ours, stock is down about 5%, but Blackstone also has a, a pretty uh, broad-ranging view of the economy, given all the portfolio companies that they're seeing the P&Ls on. Uh, this is what he had to say when, uh, when asked about sort of what are they seeing when it comes to this idea of a slowdown? We're seeing some slowdowns on the ground in shipping volumes in our ports. We're seeing it in online advertising. We're seeing it in furniture. Uh, we're seeing a range of areas where there's a deceleration. Yeah, you know, he mentioned advertising. But and obviously that oftentimes is a decision that companies will make because it's easy to say, you know what, let's hold off for the for the third quarter or the fourth quarter yeah, right but now. his housing story was still pretty positive. Yes. And his broad portfolio of things working out quite well, I felt that we could easily seize the negative there, but the positives, I think, overrode you did. the negative. Yes, I really I've, did. I've mentioned their B-REIT product a great deal, the Blackstone REIT becoming one of the largest out there, taking in what had been as much as $3 billion a month. Now, it's flat. They're not getting it. In fact, wow. what I'm, what a, a report out yesterday said that. incoming versus outgoing is basically they're not taking in any money. That's an interesting data point. Very. Um, uh, John was not asked about it there, but uh, I am referring to a, a research report that was out yesterday that estimated based on, on, on this analyst estimates that it's, you know, redemptions are equaling inflows wow. at the B-REIT, Jim. Um, that's what did you, you know, what did you take away last night from BlackRock and Larry Fink in terms a, a of, level of a optimism. economy or anything else? A level of optimism. Really? That would, yes, that supply chain problems are already easing. That inflation, while not transitory, obviously, is going to be defeated by the Fed. You've got to give it some time. Uh, that the areas of the economy that have overheated will have individual issues. And he's most concerned about famine, food shortage, food right. security. Now, this is a very practical man, and that should be. We know, that's, we know that that's been the single biggest source of revolution in the history of, of our world. Yes. And he's quite concerned about that. He actually brought up the notion of fertilizer being too expensive. There is a fertilizer cycle. The stocks sell four times Also, there has, hasn't there been some issues because of Ukraine, because of certain very things that come so. out of there that, that are used in the making of Very fertilizer? much so. And there's also a, a natural gas component. But, but he's, he's an optimist. Yeah. And he also, uh, we really went over a lot about climate, uh, climate change and how I think people are not understanding. When he says he's focused on climate change, obviously he's a believer in climate change. Well, very but few people now. Right. But he's focused on the idea about the business risk of it. Yeah. And that people have to recognize that it just happens to be one of those important risks in the same way that we should be thinking about the consumer being weaker. I mean, it's that elevated for him. Uh, let's take a listen to uh, Larry Fink from uh, last night's Mad Money. I think speaking more broadly about the economy. 
But the reality is we've seen this. The inflation is going to be fixed over time. We're already seeing commodity prices crashing from the high. Wait, no one talks about that. And supply chain's gotten better? The supply chain's and a lot of the industry's getting better right now. And, 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 so, and the Federal Reserve is tightening, and that is going to... You know, the, the Federal Reserve's tool is to tighten, and the, through tightening, they limit demand. So right. is there a risk of a recession? Sure. But is we're it? not in one yet. No, but we're, and even if we're in one, it's going to be quite mild. See, you know, but that's huge. That's, no, and that's somewhat optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm picking that up as well to a certain extent from people who have broad sort of uh, visibility into a lot of businesses. I talked to one, uh, let's call him an Uber banker this morning, uh, saying, I see a slowdown, but not a recession. Right. The low-end consumers hurt, but companies' ability to cut operating expenses quickly, to adjust quickly, uh, and also some signs of improvement already. Companies right. are moving very fast. Well, I mean, I think that we have to get rid of, the, uh, of this narrative that when a, an alphabet decides to slow hiring, that, that somehow that's bad. I mean, that's prudent. Right. A lot of companies do Microsoft being prudent. They're just saying, listen, we read the papers. It could happen. But th- we're seeing a men from boys, you know, said, we chaff, I guess we should never use that. You know. But you look at, uh, at Cliffs, Cleveland Cliffs versus Nucor. Now, Nucor reported today, and Nucor does pre-announce, but Nucor, NUA, when you think about it, a lot of their grades of, of plain vanilla steel are not doing well, but they're proprietary steel. So look at how well that's doing. Yeah. That tends to port. You don't have a serious recession and have Nucor stock up $6. Interesting. Jim, the highlight of the morning, though, is, uh, as we started off here, the at t numbers, yeah. now, uh, because it's also pressuring Verizon. So you're talking about Which a lot of market tomorrow. caps starting to add up here. And, uh, and uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile shares, can, I think we can put all three up or down, almost 5%. Verizon yeah, I, is down I, I still like T-Mobile. almost Mike 4%. AT&T has been down as much as over 10% in the session. Again, this not on the subscriber metrics, which seem to be fairly strong from AT&T, but the concern perhaps about delinquencies growing, strength of the consumer, and or the lack of free cash flow generation uh, at AT&T. But it's bleeding over into the, room, into the other big players. Do you think there's any chance, I mean, you notice oil's down again. By the way, Exxon. There's Verizon. Exxon's have, just getting uh, clogged. Well. But Verizon's really breaking down here. I, I don't know if they have the horses to deliver a good quarter. Verizon. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Do you gonna, are you going to interview Hans? No, I have not interviewed Hans in quite some time. He finds other places. Jeez. But I'd love to have him back on the show. You know, Eddie always, Stanky, always welcome to have Eddie him. Stanky played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Braves, the Giants, St. Louis Cardinals. He was born in Philadelphia near me. Yes. It's Eddie Stanky that you want to bet on here. Not John Stanky. He's an amazing player. People forget. <laughs> um, well, you've also said you want to bet on Elon Musk, and Tesla shares are continuing to climb. Well, that, that makes Still sense. Still down 26% for the year, but I would note the market value of the company is now once again above $800 billion. Um, Incredible. And um, coming off what you term to be a very good quarter and a great conference call. I, I just think that sometimes when you listen to him, he's mellifluous to begin with. But he has a command of what people want. You know, you think about it. He understands what they want in Europe, in China. This, he will not produce the pickup until it's absolutely perfect. In the meantime, here's Jim Farley committing to 600, the, the CEO of Ford. Yes. 600,000 new cars working with a very good battery company. And you know what? People just say they yawn. They yawn at Ford. Why is that? Because Why they have ice, that? internal combustion engines. And right. people just say, you know, as long as you have ice, we're staying away. Because that's a bleeding asset. People don't think that, that Farley can make the transition 
from being, and no one has correctly. But the one thing I would say, you can't, get, you know, they're sold through. The Ford product is very popular. Yeah. Um, mixed picture in the broader markets right now, Jim. The S&P down a bit. Obviously, we came off the lows in the pre-market as a result of that I move by the UCB. So. I think the uh, And the NASDAQ building on sort of what was some strength. Um, I think the NASDAQ recently. leadership here is, and the bank leadership, they're both good. I need to see a turnaround in, uh, in more than just the semis. Right. Uh, I, I don't like the Apple run because I just don't think that I don't. I want things that are sustainable, but I do like the. Obviously, I mentioned I like the discounted cash flow model for uh, a subscriber. But um, David, I think that Alphabet is the key stock here. You do key to this market because, is Alphabet. Yes, be, yes, because they have an advertising model that is second to none. Right. People really understand the return on investment on, a, on a, a Google ad is probably the highest yes. of anything. If they get, of course, the Senate's investigating them for that. But if that stock, in the face of all of these. Be careful of the ad model companies does well, and Snap does not uh, get crushed tonight. I think you'll see a return to the advertising stocks. So that's what I want to watch. And of course, um, we're watching oil just roll over again. Seems to are. be re- repelled at the hundred level every time, it as does. if it's just a ca- the hundred levels a castle, and the moat is just too great. Jim, I did want to come back to a name that we used to mention with some uh, some frequency, but haven't in a while because I do notice Abbott? it up. No, Thermo Fisher. First of all, you when you talk Thermo Fisher, you got to put put up the ten or twenty year chart because of long term value creation. Mark Casper's up over six percent this Mark morning. I, I don't. I'm not seeing what why it's why it's news. up. Um, I may have missed it. No, no, it's Dan Her. Dan Her. Danner's up. Danner's leading this market. Ah, thank you. Now, Dan Her. So there's I mean, Thermo Fisher. Thermo Fisher, the this is on the coattails of Danaher. thousand percent it, over a, 10 co- years. Well, that's Mark Casper doing an amazing job. A lot of people feel that this was just the GE business just going. And there's Danaher. Well, Thank Danaher, you, Jim. Danaher for, took the GE business that was the fast healthcare, Right. And it's doing well. And a lot of people felt that they were going to get uh, clobbered because of Chinese weakness. It did not happen. And Thermo Fisher and Danaher are life science companies. They make the tools. A lot of people also felt that maybe Danaher would be hurt because there's not a lot of biotech companies coming public. Yep. And they need Danaher's tools. And Danaher also had uh, COVID tools that people thought would slow down, a la Abbott, which everyone has turned on. So Danaher... Uh, and and now, so the of positive course, reception of Danaher's earnings is obviously also yeah, and that is one of my largest, one of my largest vision for my trust has, has been for ages because you know who runs Danaher. They're Rails Brothers, right? They're and Danaher. you know what? They seek no recognition. None. Never. I've never spoken to a Rails Brother. Is that incredible? I don't even know how many there are. And, and Casper, do you? Thermo. How many Rails Brothers? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I Casper, we, we have. We've talked to. He's but up no, in the guest Casper yeah. was the first to come on to say, "Listen, yeah. we're going to be." We're going to be able to test and beat using you know, the equivalent of PCR machines on this. I mean, one of the things, and I, I, I'm a little upset about Senator Warren, Warren's comments today, but American business did more to stop this COVID plague than anyone. And it's Danaher, and it's, uh, it, it, of course, unfortunately, Hologic, which has been going down of late. But Pfizer, yep. I mean, how do you criticize Pfizer here for what they did? I don't know. And I still were hoping that the Chinese. I know uh, you are. By the way, Jim Fitterling is saying that some uh, for the CEO of Dow was yes. one uh, mad tonight. He is saying that China's st- letting up. They are starting. But to have release. you heard about the tanks and banks narrative? 
I haven't. I haven't. Okay, there's video we... about tanks being in front of banks, and the government yes. in some places has said, your checking account, we're turning that into an investment account. Right. Now, um, isn't that extraordinary? And it happened. What happened? I got to go faster? What are you doing? I, I'm wrapping you. But what? What are you doing this I got to get to Bob. What kind of thing is this? Well, I, I can't get you to stop talking otherwise. Bob, help me out here. Oh, my God. Look at that pink tie. So I will, beautiful. I will. I'll sit and listen to you and Jim all day long, guys. Let me just point out, you know, the futures went up uh, when the ECB hike rates. Uh, dollar went up and the futures went up. And that's completely reversed uh, as we opened. The important thing is, once again, energy and health care uh, are weighing on the market. United Health down again for a second day, really a problem for the Dow. Just take a look, though, at the growthier parts of the market, which are holding up better. We're getting a little renaissance in some of these growth stocks. So semiconductor is still up, consumer discretionary. Tech was up earlier on. It's flattish now. And then it just keeps getting clobbered here. So, again, picking on the growth sectors. Just take a look at the travels in the uh, sort of yikes category. Remember, uh, we had uh, Carnival closed at 11.09 yesterday, and then they announced that $1 billion uh, uh, stock sale uh, at 9.95. Yikes. So that's a significant dilution out there. And of course, people are worried, what are the, is this a sign of some problem or slowdown in the industry? They're sort of taking it rather hard in the other parts of the business. Uh, probably they'll use it to pay off some debt in 2023, but it doesn't send a great signal right now for that big rally we had in those uh, travel stocks. Elsewhere, though, the this inflation worry has been replaced as the number one issue by the demand question. So what side of the demand issue are you on here? Horton came out yesterday. You saw these these home building stocks down 30 percent on the year. But, you know, here, here's the man in charge. In June, we began to see a moderation in housing demand as mortgage interest rates increase substantially and inflationary pressures remain elevated. And of course, they took down their full year guidance. He thinks this is going to persist for some time. Uh, and if you look at D.R. Horton, though, I mean, th these stocks have gotten killed and down another 2 percent again today. But we're down, you know, 25 28 percent for the year. So the market's already priced in a lot of this overall. So the what you see here, if you just take a look at where the markets are going here, we keep waiting for an earnings apocalypse that hasn't happened. It's been a month. The market was freaked out about an imminent drop in earnings, and it hasn't happened. So today, this is what matters, Q3 and Q4. We're still 10% growth today. July 1st, it was 11%. All right, it's down, but it's not down dramatically. They're not slashing the numbers. Q4, we still got 10%. It was 10.6% on July 1st. You get my point? Modest declines, but this is certainly no earnings apocalypse because the bulls are regaining control of the narrative. And the narrative is the Fed is front end loading all the rate cuts, uh, rate hikes, excuse me. They're going to be rate cuts in 2023 and any recession might be mild. That's the new buzzword, mild recession. A lot of people are using that. Even Larry Fink mentioned that yesterday. Uh, as a result, the growth stories back. Look how these growth sectors of the S&P have been reacting since we bottomed uh, on July uh, excuse me, on June 16th, ARC is having a mini renaissance. Kathy Wood is just killing it in the last month. Consumer discretionary technology, communication services are killing it. These are all the growth sectors of the S&P 500 have come roaring back. At the same time, energy and healthcare is forget about it land. Uh, so that's an issue. I think, David, the key is that the macro people still are very skeptical about this no earnings apocalypse story here. B of A has been very cynical. Stocks cheaper, but not cheap. Not, sec not pricing in a recession. They should. And David, they have 3,600 on the S&P 500 for a year in target, down 10%. They think earnings will be down 10% in 2023. David?
Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I mean, great always work. Bob always does such great jobs, sort of wrapping up all the different cross right. currents. And, and and there so, are so many. Right. And it is interesting that there's this camp which really does uh, is disturbed by the term mild. But I have to tell you that if it's mild, then those people who who dumped on J-Pal, they're going to have to eat a lot of crow. They're going to have the Audubon Society will, is going to be upset with it. We'll help them do that. Well, speaking of Jay Powell and rates, uh, before we head to break, let's uh, give you a quick uh, report on the bond market, which means we'll take a quick look at how Treasuries are faring this morning. Of course, again, the ECB raising rates. Yields, uh, you see it right there, that uh, 10-year, uh, 2993, and the two-year, obviously well above that. We're back after this. Let's give you a look at uh, some of the bigger oil companies. You can see weakness across the board. You mentioned it, though, WTI and Brent. Both uh, not advancing. Trading vehicles. Yeah. Uh, gasoline prices coming down, which is obviously helpful for a stressed consumer. We're back after this. I got a good one. Dow, which measures the economy. Tractor supply, which, you know, I always love. They talk about the people who now have moved out. Right to the country, and then uh, Enon Cries is his turnaround. Mattel, he's done a great job. Be a turnaround, Russell Weiner, Russell Weiner, Domino's Pizza, bad number, that good number, stocks up. Looking this was to- exciting. This was great. Let's do it again soon. Yes, less stream of consciousness. See you over there on Mad Money tonight. I right over there. My, I love my set so much. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome. All right, it. market uh, off its lows. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.